Good evening, everybody. I'm uh, it's ten o'clock, and um, I uh, was just uh, sent up to uh, come. I'm uh, like you guys. Obviously, your presence is. Uh, I'm I'm always looking for more, more recovery. So um, please bear with me tonight, and I think we might team it tonight. Um, I'm Karen. Share. Um, it looks like we might kind of team it tonight because we were just uh, both sent up. Um, you are at the um, Freedom from the Obsession Marathon meeting. and My name is Karen. I am a compulsive overeater and uh, co-speaker for this meeting. Hi, everyone. Please join me for the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, excuse me, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is recorded. All participants are required to sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are required to speak on their recovery in the OA program only. An ask it basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of the session. If there is any press in the room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures, using a video camera, or using our full names. Um, the format for the session is as follows. I will share, and I think um, <clears throat> Sharon and I will both share for a total of 25 minutes, followed by questions and answers for five minutes, followed by open sharing. An Ask It basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the basket for our speakers. Thank you. <clears throat> And um, I uh, was really looking forward to this convention, and I um, I just uh, want recovery. I've been in uh, OA. How I've been the how emphasis of OA since uh, April of 2009. I released um, <clears throat> so far 107 pounds, and I'm still not quite to my goal. But uh, I. Um, the uh you know for me though the <clears throat> it's not about the number <clears throat> excuse me it's not about a number it's about uh it's about the process and uh i was i uh, travel a lot for my work and um i'm usually gone two weeks a month and um and this started about 8 months ago and um that's really uh and i um uh, i have a food plan that i follow but I am my food is uh, catered. I'm on an airplane a lot, and uh, there are uh, days where I'll be flying a ten or twelve hour flight, and um, my salads that I've asked for become oatmeal, like two breakfasts on a twelve hour flight, and that's really hard to deal with for me. So I was um, to my to my foundation. I've been uh, kind of rocked in the last eight months, having had my abstinence since 2009. And so I was so excited to get to this conference. I miss meetings um, a lot, too, due to my work. And so I uh, 
I, I uh, agreed to come up to talk about freedom from the obsession, you know, just moments ago, along with Cher. And um, <clears throat> I uh, don't have anything planned out, so to speak. Um, and maybe that's a good thing, because normally when I'm asked to speak, like probably many of you, I'll, you know, I'll think about it and, and pray to my higher power about it. And, and um, so this is kind of an extemporaneous um, way of... Uh, expressing myself but the fact that you're here and and I'm here I want to you know I really want to be here and um I'm uh you know it just feels really special and um I came to OA uh having um developed an eating uh an eating issue uh in my teens I uh it turns out uh from my very from the time I was three or even younger, I I knew I liked little other little girls. I was a little girl. I liked little girls, and uh, and I grew up in an era where you didn't talk about that, and that was bad. And um, in my church of my upbringing, it was a sin. And so when I was a teenager, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't, um, rec- you know, resolve how I was feeling with how I was supposed to be and what was expected, and. Um, I also had some pretty unique career um, goals that I had that girls in those days didn't have, but I enjoy it today. It is, I became what it is I wanted to be, and in a, in a lot of ways, I, I got everything I wanted. I just had to do it differently, but I became, in a lot of ways, what I wanted. But all along the way, I um, uh, had an eating obsession um, starting, uh, probably I was about 15, and I was a normal weight, normal regular activities but then in high school, my dad was an Air Force, and he was an Air Force pilot, and for 22 years we moved. And by the time I was 15, we moved into our 15th house at Mather Air Force Base in Sacramento. And um, that's where I graduated from high school. I consider it home. My mother was born and raised there. So um, it is, there is a connection there. But I didn't have a lot of, st- I had a lot of stability in, uh, in the military, but it kind of, it, in an unstable way, but everywhere we lived was, you know, you go th- past the the guard shack, and there's the H- the headquarters, and to the right's the library, and the back's the chapel, and to the left will be the commissary, which is kind of like a uh, Costco, and um, so, you know, everything was, even things were, you know, uh, inventoried in the same way. You could always go to the milk and the bread, you know, it's all in the same place. It's like it could be you know, but there are different buildings, you know, across the country or, well, across the world. And so it was very stable, but in, in a way unstable. And um, so um, I developed the eating issues, uh, like I said, around around the age of 15 when my dad finally retired and we had to live in the civilian world and not be in the safety and predictability of an Air Force base. In addition to getting to that age where I'm really having to deal with how I'm really feeling emotionally uh, in my life. And I found that I, um, I found I was trying to, and this is common, I'm sure, with all of us, you know, I was trying to fill a void, uh, you know, an emotional void. And um, I did that with food. And um, I, it would, but it would get to the point, you know, where where it was an obsession where I wanted to, um, you know, I would think of different ways to get food. And I've heard it mentioned more than once. I babysat, you know, and I would eat the 
food at the house of the people I was babysitting at or uh, in college I'd eat my roommate's food and try to hide it. You know, it was really an obsession. My food became uh, an obsession. And um, my food would cause me to, um, you know, I'd, I'd obsess to the point where I wouldn't pay attention, you know, to what I needed to do, for instance, in college and I wouldn't get homework done or papers done or meet with my professors when I was supposed to, you know, because I was eating or um, trying to hide that I was eating. And, um, or I'd feel bad about myself. I ate, you know, the obsession consumed me. Really, it, you know, who was consuming who? I was consuming food, but really the food was consuming my, my brain and my life and the quality of my life. And um, the food I would eat, you know, a lot of sugary things. It, seriously, I I felt demented and uh, unable to put um, one thought, you know, a thought together. And um, so the um, the obsession uh, consumed my life, and I've gained and lost a hundred pounds four times in my life now. And I, um, you know, there are different epochs of my life when I, when I did the, you know, when I would gain weight and lose weight. Um, but pretty much as soon as I lost it, I was gaining it again. And, um, and that was the obsession. And, um, there was no, um, rhyme or reason really to, for it. I, at the time I, uh, these, the first three times were, um, in a, um, well, two of them were a doctor, um, doctor monitored fast where it was just liquid food for uh, basically for a year and I lost more than 100 pounds and um, but I had no insight the obsession still was there and I, I, I had no insight you know I just lost the weight but I never could maintain that weight loss and so it wasn't until I came to OA where I realized my freedom from the obsession um, started with that um the 12 steps, and um, those were what I needed to do uh, in order to um, gain uh, gain understanding into my obsession. But just having an understanding or a reason for why I did it wasn't enough. And so then the tools of OA is what uh, really helped me in terms of um, doing my writing with regard to each of the steps and um, and studying the traditions and calling my sponsor, and I uh, have uh, three uh, weighed and measured meals a day that I um, call into my sponsor, and I um, I exercise. I have an exercise plan, and um, every I start every morning by um, reading away literature and writing, and um, I uh, so I you know follow the uh, the tools to help remove uh, the obsession. But the um, but it, what I've realized um, in the last eight months, uh, flying internationally like I do, uh, you know, I have a, I've had a pretty strong program since 2009. And um, having just the hint of, um, of, uh, an, uh, of my food being out of whack or being so jet lagged, or you know, I might be in you know in a different hemisphere or across the Dateline, or you know, in some way from San Francisco, and um, you know, to struggle to read my literature, 
in the hotel room or, you know, to, to do my basic tools, like, you know, go work out in the gym, I started realizing, man, this is, um, uh, my obsession is like, it's right there. It's right next to me. And, um, I, I hear this all the time. I'm sure you have too, that, um, the obsession is, you know, we may have it at bay, but, uh, it's in the hallway doing push-ups while we, you know, while we work, we, uh, do our program. And I, uh, I just really, um, you know, this is my abstinence is the most important thing in my life. And, um, I'm, uh, have made a, a decision. Thank goodness, you know, for the for having the pro, the uh, the convention and you know having a lot of intense uh, um, meetings where um, not that they were intense, but the intensiveness of it. You know, being here until ten o'clock. I love this. This is just you know, this is really a salve for my soul anyway. And I um, have realized I'm I'm going to need to make some changes professionally and not change my job or what I who I work for or anything like that, but just um, I'm going to have to change um, where I have control to change. And you know maybe this international flying it's romantic and you know sexy and oh that's really cool, but um, I'm not liking how uh, how close it it cuts to my um, my obsession. How it can lead to uh, um, not fulfilling what I want to do every day with regard to my, you know, doing my tools and um, following each of my steps and being able to do things like make my calls and uh, how emphasis we make three uh, outreach calls a day. We, we receive calls. And um, so I'm not even able to do that when I'm working, which a lot of people do. A lot of people travel for work. But I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, really... Um, realizing that uh, um, freedom from the obsession is is not um, something that I'll, that I do and that it'll be done I heard this earlier today it's like um, brushing your teeth or taking a shower wow that's the best shower I ever had or the best tooth brushing I've ever done and I don't need to do that anymore you know I've, I really did a great job and it's like of course I wouldn't think like that but I do and I know you know for a person who's lost 100 pounds, or I should say gained 100 pounds and, and lost it uh, four times, I, um, I realized, you know, that um, losing it is not the end. It's, um, it's just the beginning. And uh, especially in OA, I finally have found a place where I have the tools to maintain what it is that I have physically but it's also a place where it's the beginning of um, mental and spiritual growth that I never thought was possible and that I, um, uh, I can never rid myself of, of the obsession, but I can um, invoke my higher power to help me with the obsession every day. And using the tools, the nine tools, I can be a... Um, um, I can have the the health and the serenity that um, that uh, are in the promises that uh, are in the big book. So um, it looks like I have 10 minutes left. And um, since Cher and I are kind of, uh, we're tag teaming, I'm, would you like to come up for to talk about the freedom from obsession for the remainder? Thanks.
Do I need to sign up? Something. Okay. My name is Cher. I'm a compulsive overeater. Happy to be here. Um, to qualify, I've been in OA since 1988, and my top weight um, was about 45 pounds more than I am now. Uh, so I always felt a little guilty about that because I thought, did I really be worthwhile if I lost a whole bunch of weight? But then I found out that the average weight loss in OA average is 45 pounds. <laughs> I thought, oh, good. I qualify. I'm good. Um, so my obsession with food, uh, with sugar, was, I think it was always with me. And um, I really started having trouble with my weight when I was about 15 also. That's when it started Coming on, I went on vacation with my girlfriend's family, and her mom really could cook. And she made the best cookies ever, ever. So um, that's pretty much uh, when it started. And uh, I grew up here in the Bay Area, and I lived in the same house for 17 years. And my parents, very good parents, I had a very mean older sister who hated me from the time I was born. She just didn't like being second or or whatever. She didn't like being usurped by this baby. So she tried to get rid of me a lot of times, a lot of times by various methods. Didn't succeed or she chickened out or something. But anyway, I had a few close calls. Um, so I don't know whether that had anything to do with it or not. But in any case, the main thing for me when I got to OA and I got here, my husband was in a, um, he was an AA. He's got like 29 years of sobriety. Uh, quit going to meetings quite a few years ago. Uh, but um, we were going to couples meetings where one person would like be an AA, another person an Al-Anon, and I was in that program. I went there in 1980. And and so I was always on a diet, always on some newfangled diet. And we had potlucks every Saturday night with this group. And so this one time, this gal said to me, um, have you ever tried to OA? I thought OA, I'd heard of, you know, AA and NA, but I'd never heard of OA. And she told me where there was a meeting. And I, I, I don't know, I, put, I must have filed that in the back of my mind because I don't remember ever asking her twice about it. And I was going to um, try one last shot. I've already tried Weight Watchers and all kinds of other stuff. It's going to try one last ditch effort at uh, Nutrisystem. And so I went up there. I found out how much weight I had to lose, how much it was going to cost me, all this stuff. They said, well, come back at 5 o'clock tonight, and we'll, um, we'll give you the food. Uh, you can buy the food. And, um, and so when I'm driving down, I'm driving down this hill. I live up at Tahoe. I'm driving down this hill, and I'm thinking, you know, 
that is not going to work. Nothing's worked. All those diets, all that crazy stuff's never, nothing's ever worked. And I'm going to spend all this damn money and it's not going to work. So I somehow rather, now this is a higher power thing. Absolutely. I somehow rather I'm driving down the hill and I'm remembering that she said the meeting was at X spot at such and such a time. And it just happened to be on my way home and it was time for that meeting. I went directly from Nutrisystem to the OA meeting and it was like that invitation to you. I thought, you know, the welcome home, I'm home. This is it. And I never left. I never quit going to meetings. I think for me, meetings, of course, helps with the obsession. But I'll tell you, the main thing for me is that I gave up sugar because I'm a sugar addict. I am a total sugar addict. I gave up sugar um, after about, I, I was in OA for seven months before I got one day of abstinence. And then it was about seven months later that I gave up sugar. And then it was about seven months after that, somebody somebody was at our house day after uh, Christmas for Christmas leftovers. And he was in, he was dying of cancer. He was in AA for many, many years and he happened to be dying of cancer. And um, he saw me drinking and he said, you're not eating sugar, but you're drinking. And I go, oh, why not? You know, like eggnog, you know, like as if it doesn't have sugar in it. Um, so he goes, well, you know, alcohol turns the sugar in your blood like right away. And I, well, I didn't know that. So that night I went to an AA meeting and I decided to quit drinking. I've never been an alcoholic. Thank you. But I, but that's what I did. I gave up alcohol and then a few years later I gave up white flour because everything started becoming a problem. White flour became a problem. Uh, a few years after that, corn. I was eating tortilla chips by the bagfuls. So I quit eating that. I quit eating corn. Then I quit um, about a year ago. I quit eating wheat, which is unbelievable to quit eating wheat. Well, I'll tell you what. Every time I gave up one more thing, the obsession went away. The obsession with that particular food went away. When I quit doing it, it went away. And so, you know, it's what I do doesn't work for everybody. It just happens to work for me. And that's all I'm sharing here is my experience, strength, and hope. But if I want freedom from obsession, I have to get rid of those things that make me obsessed. And food, I'm a food addict. I'm a sugar addict. Those kind of foods don't work for me. So um, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I order a tostada without the tortilla because I don't eat corn. Extra lettuce. Give me extra lettuce. They kind of like giving me extra lettuce. I don't know why. You know, I say, look, I'm not having that tortilla. I want more lettuce because I got to have volume and I got to do a lot of chewing. And so I've, I've found, though, that eating the way I eat, and I eat like the same breakfast every day, 
because I love it, because I totally love it. If I eat something different, I feel like I'm kind of being deprived because I like to love my food. I like to love what I eat. So at lunchtime, I'm eating almost the same thing every day. I'm these huge salads. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like I call it salad for ten. <laughs> it's just a big bowl of salad that you know has all kinds of like I love canned salmon, and so I found what what I love, and that's what I eat, and that keeps me free from the obsession. And I love this program, and I go to four meetings a week. And I like to I like to do service, and I like to sponsor people. I love to sponsor. I never turn anybody down. I love to sponsor people. And a lot, somebody said, they come and go. That's absolutely true. So I can never have too many because I don't know why they leave. I, I personally believe in sticking with it. Be a sticker and a stayer. Keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you, Cher. Um, the format for this session is, uh, well, let's see, did the basket basket get nothing in there? Um, so the script says I'll draw questions from the ask it basket, but, um, and it's only for up to five minutes. So um, what we can do now is have three-minute shares. Please stick to the topic and stop sharing at the end of three minutes. And you must sign the recording release form before sharing. And that's just to the right over here. And I'll put a pen next to it um, so that you can see which thing to sign. There's a lot of stuff up here. And we're now open for three-minute shares. So the question is for the recording, in case it is recording, how long uh, did it take for Cher and I to um, become um, abstinent? And Cher, and it was seven seven months for Cher, and that's her Cher's answer. And then uh, Karen is speaking now. And so um, my abstinence, so I'm in the how um, uh, emphasis. And in how OA, what they do is you get your food, um, how, how you're going to eat your food from your sponsor. And it did take me about six weeks to find a sponsor. So, and then I, I really took to heart, um, go to more than one meeting, go to three or four, you know, to make sure. And then, you know, each meeting, you know, um, you might want to attend each meeting even a few a few times, see if it's right for you. But I found some really powerful meetings, and I'm here in the Bay Area, and, and uh, I found some really powerful meetings in um, San Mateo, and um, and it was a matter of waiting for my sponsor to come along. Everyone was, um, so to speak, full. And I kind of think that's a, a higher power thing, too, because, um, you know, for waiting for the right sponsor, because I um, had... Uh, you know, now, you know, and I, I go to, or try to go to at least three meetings a week. At least when I'm home, I try to, uh, not try, I go to three meetings a week when I'm home. And, um, and I've never seen a dearth of, of availability as I did when I first arrived. 
which was just kind of interesting. And so I found, you know, a really wonderful sponsor as a result who normally doesn't go to all the meetings I go to. And we, we go to separate meetings for the most part. And so it took six to seven weeks to find the sponsor and then receive what the food plan would be. And then it, it just, it kicked in. I, I really wanted it and I wanted to be free from the obsession. And, um, so I really did take to it. The, the three measured meals, um, and the, um, nothing in between for me kind of got, it was almost like Cheryl was saying, pardon for the crosstalk, but it was, you know, as if things were um, removed and then the obsession left. So once I was clean of sugar and, and flour, um, those, those obsessions left pretty quickly. And so, and managing it with weighing and measuring um, gave me a sense of clarity and serenity. Any other questions in the ask it basket? <laughs> okay. And we can open the meeting for three minutes. Oh. Mark, uh, Leader. Hi, Mark. I could, I guess we're not, you know, we didn't, we, you have to do it again. <laughs> okay. Um, there, was, there was God's way of giving you a break, giving your listeners a break. <laughs> no, we all could hear you, sorry. Um, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I've let go of 65 pounds uh, and kept them off for about a year and a half. And uh, <clears throat> let me just make sure I do this. Um, and um, I, I belong to a program called Overeaters Anonymous Primary Purpose, which focuses on the big book. And there is another way of relieving the obsession, and that is that I don't have a food plan. And that was terrifying when I was told that. And uh, I, I was terrified um, because it felt like I had initially no framework, no, I, you know. And then I realized that all these frameworks, and this is not for everybody, uh, but that all these frameworks are set up in an effort to control our eating but I've done the first step, which says I'm powerless over controlling my eating. And so I am relieved of the obsession when I'm spiritually fit and I turn my food over to my higher power. And when my food is not the way I'd, I want it to be or I think it should be, uh, uh, or, you know, I forgive myself. And I um, take a look at the steps, at my spiritual fitness, what's going on with me. I write. I do all of those things. But I've lost the fear of, um, of the food. 
and um, uh, which is really a freedom, you know, not not to be afraid of the food or if to eat when I'm hungry or to to uh, um, um, enter to, to surrender to my higher power and not expect me to do it perfectly and not expect me to be able to control it because I have years of evidence that's not going to happen it can't and I, I have tried the you know the the I've tried 90 days and other kinds of things and I just couldn't follow a food plan long term and this is like a, a surrender and uh in a way, sometimes it seems that we replace that that the focus on the food is is it's always on the food and the food in a lot of instances is that my time okay and uh, uh, and that builds the obsession to me you know I mean so what if I can't get exactly what I want or what I thought I could do uh, uh, I'm a human being. I have a right to eat if it's not what what I'm thinking, you know. So I don't have a food plan. I don't call it in. Uh, I just turn it over to my higher power, and I get direction uh, moment to moment when I'm spiritually fit. If I'm not spiritually fit, then I notice that's the canary in the coal mine. That uh, uh, if when I'm starting seeking more seeking food things and and eating the wrong thing or something. I, I don't beat myself up about it anymore. I just look back to the steps in my higher power. And so I can get an answer, you know, well, should I have this or, or not from my higher power in my mind? Well, you know, you had something similar to that yesterday. Maybe you should pass it up today or, you know, that kind of thing. And that is a freedom from the obsession for me. And because I was someone, I, I was uh, pushed to this and it's very focused on the big book, this OA Primary Purpose Program. Um, uh, I was pushed to that because, and this is how we screen uh, sponsees, uh, uh, I, because I was desperate and because I couldn't stop compulsively overeating or I couldn't stop, uh, uh, I couldn't stay stopped. And that's what we query our sponsees about. And as far as my weight, I still could lose more weight. Uh, but I'm in acceptance that this is where I am. And we'll see what my higher power has in store for me. And I don't assume that I know that I need to lose X amount of pounds or, or whatever. Uh, and I've had this wonderful gift of stable uh, weight at 65 pounds uh, lower and this wonderful kind of little canary that tells me when I'm when I'm not doing my steps and I'm not staying on top of things and I'm not uh, surrendering that the food things come up for me then and that's like hello wake up this why are you doing what are you doing here you need to go back to the steps so that's my Thanks, Esther. Thank 
One thing I um, I didn't mention that during my original share was uh, real early on I got my abstinence. The other thing I noticed, and I would hear a lot in meetings, is my mind is not a safe neighborhood. You know, don't go there alone. And um, I've been hearing, I've heard this repeatedly uh, this weekend, uh, that my mind can, uh, you know, creates resentment, anger, and fear. And um, resentments are not getting my way in the past, and anger is not getting my way now, and fear is not getting my way in the future. And my mind is really good at creating these kinds of um, um, fears, which is also what's that false evidence appearing real. You know, so my mind can really wreak havoc and um, and ca- cause obsessive thinking, which can lead to obsessive eating in my in my personal life, in my personal case. Could you repeat that acronym, fear? Oh, fear is uh, fear, false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And we still have, we um, finish in nine minutes, so technically we have three more shares available. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ganit, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I walked into it a little bit late, but I'm glad to glad to be here. Um, been abstinent for just past three years now. It's a miracle. Um, the The miracle is today. I'm blessed to be abstinent, and I just had a blessed, blessed day um, full of life. And that that is that to me is count your blessings about being free from the obsession and trying to continue to give that obsession of how can I make sure I have that tomorrow <laughs> over to over to my higher power. And that's where I'm seeing as the big book and all and really the recovery for me, especially in this past year, has really been about focusing on that spiritual program of recovery. And um and I've seen how much that when I am in that fit condition when how much clarity I needed from the steps to get away from the negative thinking behind God. And it was very, very, or I I choose to call my higher power God, um, or Guruji or, you know, how I, however I personally have, have had. And it was very interesting for me in the process of my recovery, because I came from a world of always believing in faith and something greater than myself. But that relationship was so, it was twisted. It was like, I love you. I believe in you. I have complete faith in you. And yet I'm scared of you. I, I don't, I'm, I'm already preparing myself from the ne- for the negative feeling like, okay, whatever you do, it's good. And then if this happens, I need to be re- ready for it. And it was like the exact opposite, the exact opposite for where my recovery lies. It's like, then I'm still trying to run the show. I'm still trying to run the show when I'm preparing myself for the what if. I'm always in that future of fear. And I'm always trying to justify the past pain. And I'm trying to control that resentment. And I'm trying to be like, okay, if it doesn't go my way, uh, everything's okay. Like the anger's okay right now or whatever. And it's all a form of control. It's just such a form of control. Nowhere in there 
did I get a chance to just be in gratitude? And when I got a chance to like look in my heart and my soul as to what I really wanted and I got to put two feet on the ground because it's unbelievable that it's true and I'm going to just trust my heart and my soul over the mind to say that it is all I really want is my life with my higher power to just be that just exactly that all I really want is to live in gratitude in love in giving it in receiving it in being of service and in just letting go of the mind and just being in the belief that it's okay. I just do not need to prove one more thing anymore. And that's where so much of that compulsion of everything lied. And it used to just be this need to get sugar to relieve the compulsion when I was a compulsive overeater. And today I'm really grateful to be a recovering compulsive overeater one day at a time. Thank you. And we have, looks like time for one more before our closing prayer, if anyone feels the need or motivation. Yeah, no, we're recording, so oh, we need to sign a release when you're done. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I've been sitting here, thank you, I've been sitting here thinking, why did I do this? got off work in Palo Alto, it was a little after 10, raced up here, and in trying to find a parking place, I dinged my rental car. I'm just sort of sitting here just going, what difference does it make about recovery? I just <laughs> dinged my rental car, and why did I come so late? But I wanted to get to this meeting. I just thought I would be here more than nine minutes. And so, um, but it's it's always really valuable to me to be around um, members of OA. It's, it's like a trigger for me that I'm safe and nobody's going to ask more of me than I feel I can give. People are going to accept me. And so it is, it's just, <sighs> I'm home. <laughs> and thank you for being here and having a meeting that I could come to for nine minutes. This is the release. There's the pen there. Just being a guy that's come back, coming back. I mean, I'm so out of like what, the way you guys are doing it. And one thing is just like so obvious is the abstinence of like uh, what Roseanne came up with. I mean, without breaking it into three meals or four meals, where I went to a doctor, a healthy-looking guy, five meals. Without that, it's I like sugar too much. <laughs> it's hopeless.
So it is now time to close the session. Let's thank all who have done service for the session. Please stand to join hands as we close with the OA promise I put my hand in yours. Oh, for...